All right, grab your Bible with me and open it to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Last week, we, we announced an exciting future for us as a church. We announced that on March 3rd, we will be adding a third service. So we'll be going to three services on March 3rd, and the three service times will be 8, 9.30, and 11. Now, that means I'm hoping that all of you will attend the 8 o'clock service. <laughs> Not really. I know that you are the sleeper in-group, okay? And that's fine. We all need a day to sleep in and then go worship Jesus, amen? So I'm excited. So you'll get to pick between 9.30 and 11, and it'll be just a great time. Well, we started a series of messages called Come to the Table to begin to open our hearts and our minds to what God has for us as a church, for our future, and to remind us that right now our table is full. I talked about this table representing our church. It represents our church family, represents our building, it represents our future. And last week, we took a little piece of paper and we wrote people's names that we want to believe in Jesus Christ. And we put them here on the table because we were saying, we want to make room for those people to believe in Jesus. We also did that to remind ourselves that there are lots of people on the West Plains that need Jesus. There's lots of people and they are our family. They are our friends. They are our neighbors and our coworkers, and they all need space at this table to come and hear the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ for the first time. Well, this morning, I want to talk about the table getting bigger, because that's what adding a third service means. It means that our table is getting bigger. As I was reading through the New Testament, I came across Colossians chapter 1, and I found something very interesting about this section of verses. It's very similar to what you and I are going through. The church in Colossae was going through some growing pains and through some things that you and I are going through as a church right now. And I wanted to share those verses with you this morning and gain from the wisdom of God's word and understand the, the similar situation that we're going through and how we can uh, open our hearts and our minds to more. So let's pray and then we'll jump in. Lord, thanks for your word. Thank you for the things that we are going to read from Colossians 1 today. We're excited to be in your word today and, and to even change some things in our heart and mind because of what you're doing. And so Holy Spirit, we just ask right now that your presence and your power would be with us. Amen. All right, Colossians 1 verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard that your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, 
our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. I picked these verses for today because I recognized that they are, the church in Colossa was going through some similar things that you and I are going through. They were going through some growing pains. But I noticed three things in this section that, that were similar between us and them. And it's interesting that sometimes nothing has changed, amen? There's nothing new under the sun. And here's a church that's really about 2,000 years old, and they're going through the same things and experiencing the same things in the kingdom that we are. The first thing I noticed was that it said the church was full of faith and love. That the church in Colossa was full of faith and love. And that reminded me of Cheney Faith Center because I believe that we are full of faith and love as well. First of all, faith. They had a faith in Jesus Christ. They believed in what they couldn't see. They believed that God was real, that he was doing deep things in them, and that God had not let them down. The church in Colossae was living in the power of the Holy Spirit and they knew that God was living in them and working through them as a church because of their faith. They had embraced the message of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, and the hope of heaven and eternity because of his sacrifice. They had a deep faith in Colossae, just like you and I have. We have a deep faith in Jesus Christ as well here at Cheney Faith Center. It also said that they had love, that they had love for one another, but they also had love for all God's people. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I had been studying all about this on Wednesday and um, was at basketball practice on Thursday afternoon and practice was just finishing up and we were just telling the boys goodbye and the wrestling practice for these little guys was just getting ready to start. And uh, a gentleman that I, that I know in Cheney and has been to Cheney Face Center before, but now is attending somewhere else, saw me from across the gym and made a beeline for me. And as he was making a beeline for me, I, I went over to meet him and he said, oh, Pastor Mark, I'm so glad to, to see you today. I was just having a conversation with my dad last night, and I know you can answer my question. Here was our question. What makes the church grow? Oh, well, that's easy. Faith and love. Faith in Jesus Christ, believing in who Jesus Christ is, and loving God's people and the world. That's what makes the church grow. And we see it right in these verses, that people will know we are disciples if we love one another, because love is what makes the church grow. See, people are attracted to real love, to authentic love. People are attracted to a love that people have, especially when you love people that are different than you. And that's what the church has. In this room, there are people, we're all different from one another, and we love one another in Christ. Now, here's what's interesting. When we love each other, the world can see love. Because I'm convinced, probably like you are, 
that out in the world, what we're really dealing with today is a fake love. It's not real love. We're not really experiencing real love, especially the way we define love now. It actually should be replaced with the word lust. So you and I in the church, it's now our responsibility and our job to display what real, authentic relationship and love looks like from our Heavenly Father, who is love. And so you and I now carry the beacon to continue to love our city and the world. I believe this real love is evident at Cheney Faith Center. This real faith is evident at Cheney Faith Center. And that's why we're experiencing the second similarity that I saw with the church in Colossae. And that is that the church, in verse 6, it says the church was bearing fruit and growing. The church was bearing fruit and growing. And, and we're seeing that here at Cheney Faith Center as well. We're seeing people bearing fruit with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're seeing our church grow. Now, I, I wish there was a little additional material here about what the church in Colossae did when they were growing, because I imagine that uh, Epaphras, who we'll talk about in a minute, came to Colossae and started sharing the gospel in a home. And then sooner or later, they outgrew that home. And then they probably started meeting in a bigger spot and they outgrew that spot. And then who knows what happened? Maybe they planted a church across town and raised somebody up and they went to Thessalonica or, or Galatia or all over what is now modern day Turkey. And as they did, they, they began to see the church bear fruit and grow. And the same thing is happening with you and I. And that's why we're adding a third service. Because as a church, we always want to bear fruit and grow. Because bearing fruit and growing is the evidence of a healthy organism. For instance, a healthy tree, a healthy apple tree, always bears fruit in season. A healthy animal will always reproduce and have offspring. A healthy church will always bear fruit and grow. Now let me give you a small disclaimer. Last week we talked about something very important about our growth. We talked about the fact that we wanted conversion growth just as much as we want transfer growth. In fact, conversion growth is more important than transfer growth. Now, we know that transfer growth will always happen. There will be people that will move to town or move from a different church to here. We know that that transfer growth will always take place. But what's most important is conversion growth. In fact, numerical growth is not always the best indicator of church growth. For instance, let's say a church across town closed down and those 50 people decided to come to Cheney Faith Center. Would we be happy that they came and found a local church to grow in? Absolutely. But those 50 people already knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. The best growth is conversion growth. People that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior yet, your neighbor, your coworker, someone in your family, they need Jesus. And they need to know him as their personal savior. And that's the best kind of growth. And that's the kind of growth that we are making room for at the table. Some of them are going to be children. Some of them are going to be youth. Some of them are going to be adults. 
but we're going to make room at our table for people that need to know Jesus for the first time. Now, let me explain the importance of bearing fruit and growing with the table. So I'm going to need a volunteer. You mind helping me? Great. Awesome. All right. Come on up. Come on up. We're going to make this table bigger. So let's move the chairs out of the way. Isn't this a beautiful table? Here's what's cool about this table. It's old. I don't know about you, but I think old is cool. Anybody else in the room agree? Old is sometimes cool. All right. We're going to stretch this table out. All right. So here we go. We're going to get really big. Here we go. Good. That's probably good. We're going to try to get all four leaves in this table. Okay. So I'm going to take them out and I'll hand them to you and then you can put them in. So this table is, is wonderful. I love the fact that this table is old because what it means is that this table has seen lots of fruit. It's seen lots of growth. It's had lots of family memories around it. It's had lots of family dinners, and it's had lots of family moments. And I'm sure that not all of them were the best or great all the time, but this table has served a family really well for a long time. Oh boy, hold on, might have trouble. There we go. It's served the family for a long time, and it's done a great job. But it can also be increased. We're going to fit there. Got it. Good. Got it? All right. Let's snug it up. Awesome. There we go. All right. Our table just got bigger. Way to go. <laughs> Thanks for helping. Now, here's what I want to show you, because I think this is super important. Everything this table, and this table represents our church, right? Everything this table needed to grow was inside the table. It was inside the table. Didn't need to go anywhere to get stuff that we needed to grow. All of the leaves to make this table grow bigger were inside the table. And I will submit to you this morning that everything our city and the West Plains and to the ends of the earth needs to grow, and especially Cheney Faith Center, everything we need to grow as a church is sitting right in these chairs. I believe that's true. I believe that because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives every single one of us spiritual gifts and talents to be used for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That means... You have a gift and have a talent and you have a job for Jesus. Every single one of us does. There's something you and I can do to serve in the kingdom. And now that the table is bigger, there's more room for people to sit around the table and be set free by Jesus. There's more room for us to bring people to the table. There's more room for us to bear fruit and grow and continue to grow. That's why we're adding a third service, which takes me right to the third thing I noticed that was similar between the church in Colossae and us, and that is this. The church had faithful ministers of the gospel. Now, let me stop here just for a moment and 
say something that I think is very important. This, this point is not about tooting my own horn. This point is not about, oh, Pastor Mark's done such a great job. This point is just a biblical reality. That if you are going to have a church that is full of faith and love and that bears fruit and grows, then you will have to have faithful people in that church that create an atmosphere where the gospel of Jesus Christ is encouraged and grows. And that's what has happened through the power of the Holy Spirit here. It's not a work that I have done. It's a work that God has done. And it's a work that we have all done together. Now, in verse 7, this section of verses declares something important that I want us to see. It says that you learned, and he's talking about the gospel, you learned the gospel from Epaphras. It actually names the pastor of the church in Colossae. And here's what's interesting about Epaphras, because some of you are probably thinking right now, I, I thought Paul wrote the book of Colossians. He did. He did write the book of Colossians. But Paul never went to Colossae. Epaphras did. Here's what's interesting. Paul, apparently, some point in his life, met Epaphras. And Epaphras got saved, came to believe in Jesus Christ as a savior, and Paul discipled Epaphras, and then Paul said, Epaphras, why don't you go share the gospel in Colossae? And so Epaphras said, that's a great idea. That's exactly what I should do. And so Epaphras took the gospel of Jesus Christ to Colossae. And now what we see is that people in Colossae and this church in the city is now growing, it's bearing fruit, and it's all because they learned about the gospel from Epaphras. Now, how does that apply to us today? Well, I think it applies in this way, that all of us get to be like Epaphras, you and me. We get to be like Epaphras because there's people all over our city and all over the West Plains that need to learn about Jesus. They need to learn about how awesome Jesus is, how much he loves them, and how he died for them and rose again so that they could have eternal life. There are people all over our city that need to hear and learn about Jesus, and you get to be an Epaphras for them. You get to be the one that takes Jesus into your workplace. You get to be the one that takes Jesus to your kids' sports team. You get to be the one that takes Jesus to the gas attendant or the person taking money at Yokes. You and I get to be the Epaphrases all over our city because not one person can do that all over our city. See, it doesn't make sense that you would be having lunch at work and somebody would come and sit next to you and they'd say, you know what? I really noticed that your life is all different. And I've heard you talk about Jesus a little bit. Could you explain why I need Jesus? It wouldn't make any sense that you at that moment would say, well, I need to let my pastor do that. It's not how it works. You tell them. You tell them who Jesus has been in your life and how faithful he's been and how awesome he is to you and the great things that God has done in your life. You get to be the one to take Jesus to someone else and they get to learn about who Jesus is from you. You get to be an Epaphras to our city. 
I think we have the responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to help people know Jesus and live for him daily. Now, here's the reality. Some of us like sharing Jesus verbally more than others. It's called the gift of evangelism. I think I have it, and I think it's one of the things that made me want to be a pastor, simply because I want to share Jesus with everyone I can possibly come in contact with. Some people are bothered by that, but I'm not. Now, typically, statistically, about 10 to 15% of any local body has people in it that have the gift of evangelism. So about 10 to 15% of you in our church will say, uh, I'm really going to go to work today and I'm going to look really hard to have a conversation about Jesus. Okay, about 10 to 15% of us will do that. The rest of us are sharing Jesus just with our lives, with the way we live, with what we say yes and no to, with how people see us living in this world. Now, what, what's true is that the gospel still needs to move forward and it will still need to move forward as each and every one of us serves in our own capacity. Now, you may not be the mouth because the Bible talks about the church being like a body. Maybe you're not the mouth. You say, I just like being the kidney. <laughs> That's cool. That's great because we need kidneys. I don't know if you knew that, but your body needs a kidney. And so some of us will do th things up front and will be the mouth. Others, you want to do things behind the scenes. Here's what's great. Together, we all display the gospel of Jesus Christ to our city as every single one of us is serving in one capacity or another to see the gospel move forward in our community. Let me give you an example. I'm going to need about five or six of you to help me, okay? So five or six of you, and I'm going to pick out five or six of you um, specifically for some reasons you'll see in a minute, um, but uh, if you feel like, Pastor Mark, I, I really can't go up front. That's not going to work for me. When I choose you or point to you, just give me the quick no <laughs> nod, okay? Because um, you're going to be up front for a little bit. So if, if I point to you, just, you know, the quick no nod, right? Uh, we know what that looks like. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pick a couple of you just to help me and... And that'll be great, okay? So, um, can you help me? Great, come on up. You and I are going to start this thing. So you go over there. Whenever we begin to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's like setting a beautiful table. But at this table, there needs to be all kinds of people that are serving to make sure that this table looks good. Because we want, to, we want to have a great... Does it look good there? Is it even? Good? Okay, it's good. We want to create a great, beautiful presentation of the gospel. Okay, just hang out there and you can help me with a couple more things in a minute. Okay. Um, I've got one. Let, let, let me see. Okay. Um, Lenny, can you help me? And... Um, where's... He's not here. Dang. Someone I was thinking of is not here. But Steve, can you help me? 
All right. Thank you, Steve. Okay, great. And um, can you help me? Yep. Great. Okay, so let's see. Uh, plates. We're going to need plates. Steve, you want to help me with plates? All right, we're going to do uh, 10. Let's do four on each side, one on the end. Okay, so I'm going to give you plates, and you can put plates out. All right. Lenny, you want to put those just on the table? Steve can put them around. All right, Lenny, can you put these two water things out in the middle? And can you do uh, forks for me? Actually, let's start with a napkin because I've seen some of you eat. So you can do forks, okay? Now remember, the fork goes on the left side. This is gonna be a Downton Abbey table, so it's gonna be prepared perfectly, rightly, okay? Let's do, uh, then we'd have to do knives next because a knife goes on the right side of the plate with the blade in. That's correct, right? That's right, okay. Do I need any more help? Let's see. Um, yeah, I'll need help. I'll need help with glasses. So, um, what do I have here? Let's do, um, I'm looking for, Nick, can you help me? That's what I was looking for. Right there. I was looking for one of those. Nick, can you put the glasses out for me, please? Yes. Great. Thank you. Okay. Spoons. Need someone to do spoons. Uh, Steve, you want to do the spoons? Actually, you know what, Steve? Could you grab that bench? It's super light. And the bench can go on this side. That's great. And, okay, can you do spoons? Great. Awesome. Man, this table's looking good, isn't it? This table's looking great. I like, you did something different, Steve. I liked it. Look at how he turned the plates a little bit. That was pretty smooth. I liked that. It's good. All right, hey, can you put that on the table? Let's put the welcome right out front. Our table is almost set. Let's turn that so that welcome part is out front. People can see it. All right. Hey, Lenny, I think let's put that, let's put that captain chair on the end. Very good. Thank you, Steve. And um, let's, Nick, you want to grab that captain chair and put it on the end? And then uh, let's grab that high chair because there's going to be a baby at our table. We have lots of babies in our church, don't we? In fact, one of the areas that's growing the biggest in our church is the nursery. Pretty soon we're going to have to blow out that, do that wall and put them somewhere. All right. Once you're good, have a seat. Have a seat at the table. Now, here's what I did. I did this on purpose. Because this is a pretty good representation of our church and our community. Now, it's not a full representation. I'll get to that in a minute. But it's a pretty good representation of, of our church. Young people, college students, mothers with kids, ranchers and farmers, and elders in the faith. <laughs> uh, yeah, younger elders in the faith. Yes, yes. That's a pretty good representation of our church, amen? And we have room here for more. Not that, I'm not implying that you're having a baby soon. That's not what I'm implying. But I am implying that we have room for more. We have room to invite families and friends and neighbors. 
But could I ask you this morning to expand your horizon and your gospel understanding just a little bit? See, because what is typical of us is to find representation like us to fill the spots at the table. So I would find a middle-class white guy to sit at the table. But not everybody in our city is a middle-class white guy. And so I have to open my horizons for different races, different belief systems. Not everyone is similar to me, so I'd have to find a short person. (laughs) And here's the other thing. We have about 400 Arab families because students are going to Eastern. There's a multitude of Japanese students and Chinese students and Hispanic students, and they're all here in our city. Could we open our minds and our hearts that what needs to be sitting here with us is a fuller representation of our city, but also of the gospel of Jesus Christ? For instance, if this table, 10 people, was a representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ statistically today, about six of these spots would be filled by Chinese Christians. There'd probably be only one spot or maybe half of a spot for a white person. Because we're a minority in the gospel of Jesus Christ globally. So we need to open our hearts and our minds to what Jesus would do in our city as we invite more people to come to the table. Now, here's what we've done. You have all been faithful ministers of the gospel. You've set a presentation. You've made it beautiful. And now it's ready for people to taste and see that the Lord is good. You served, you prepared, you found a way to be a part of the kingdom, to be a part of the local church, and to prepare something that people need. This is what it means to be a faithful minister. Not only did they do it, but every single one of us needs a job for Jesus. Could we thank our faithful ministers? Thank you very much. Way to go. Thanks for serving. You're dismissed. Yep, no food. Sorry, unless you want to roll. You can have a roll. (laughs) That's good. How does that relate to us as a church? Well, as we head to three services, it means this. We're going to need more greeters at the door. We're going to need more people to smile at the door and say, welcome, thanks for coming. We're so glad you're here this morning. We're going to need more ushers to serve us in the auditorium. We're going to need more hospitality people to make hot drinks and make sure that there's donuts on the counter, amen? We're going to need media people and sound people, and we're going to need people to help in faith kids as teachers and helpers and serve and disciple our children and the ones that will be coming. As we go to three services, that's who we need to be. Now, I want you to know I'm primarily talking to people that have been at Cheney Faith Center for three to six months or more. So if you're new here, I'm not necessarily talking to you yet. 
But if you've been at Genie Faith Center for a while, then you need to find a place to serve. You need to find a way to do something for Jesus because you have a gift and you have a talent and he gave it to you to be used for his kingdom. And we're going to give you a great opportunity to do that as you leave this morning. We'll talk about that in a minute. If you are new here, here's what I want you to know about our church. First of all, we want you here. We love you. We want to include you. But we don't want you to think that you, when you came here, we just want to plug you in somewhere. That's not our heart. Our heart is to be in relationship with you. Our heart is to make you part of a community that loves Jesus Christ and serves our city. And so if you have only been here for a couple weeks, then we want you to get plugged in. We want you to find some friends in this church. We want you to find some people that you can grow in Christ with. We want you to jump into a relational environment like a life team or a rooted group or some other class so that you begin to make friends and have people to walk with Jesus in this life. Now, as I close, I want to close with an illustration. I believe that the church is supposed to be like a battleship, not like a cruise ship. Let me explain. On a battleship, every single person, all three to 5,000 of them, every single one has a job. I've never seen a lounge chair on the runway as a jet is taking off. That doesn't happen. On a battleship, every single person has a job. Why? Because a battleship has an important purpose. The battleship has a purpose to impact the world. A cruise ship is different. A cruise ship has about 1,500 passengers on it that are there for vacation. And there's a couple hundred servants that are just roaming around making sure that the vacationers feel comfortable. Here's what I've discovered about comfortable. You know what you do when you're comfortable? Nothing. That's right. When you're comfortable, you do nothing. I went on a cruise once and that's what I wanted to do. Nothing. And eat. <laughs> and if I could put the two together, do nothing and eat, that was great. Here's the point. As a church, we don't want to be like a cruise ship. We don't want 10 of us running around like, our, like chickens with our heads cut off. We want all of us to have a job for Jesus. We want every single one of us to know our place, to know how we can serve, to use the gifts and the talents that Jesus has given us because we are on mission for Jesus Christ and we have a purpose to impact our world with the greatest message of all, that God loves them very much and died on a cross to save them. So could we be a church that is committed to being a battleship more than a cruise ship. In fact, I would ask you this question. Are you on a cruise ship or a battleship? And I'm going to give you an opportunity to prove it and to answer that question for yourself. Are you on a cruise ship or a battleship? Right outside the doors this morning, you will see a table in the commons. That table has donuts in the middle. That's the hook. <laughs> Around the donuts are sign-up forms. For greeters and ushers and faith kids and hospitality ministry, media arts and the worship team. 
I'm going to encourage you. If you've been here for more than three to six months and you don't know where you're serving and you haven't been serving, you need to go to that table because we, we're a battleship, we're not a cruise ship. And because I know that one of the best ways that you will discover who Jesus is in you is by serving him and serving his church and serving his kingdom to help more people know Jesus and live for him daily. Would you stand with me? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for the church. This is all your idea. This is your idea for people to be together, glorifying your name with one heart and one purpose and one mind to glorify you and see people believe in you for the first time. Lord, I pray that here at Cheney Faith Center, you would help us to continue to be full of faith and love. Help us to bear fruit and grow. Help us to be faithful ministers of the gospel and help each of us to find our place, our place to serve. Lord, would you reveal to us right now as we leave this room how we can serve you? And would we go fill something out to allow us to make room for people to come to the table, for the people that we are going to bring because we love you and are committed to your mission? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, good to see you this morning. Thanks for coming. I'm glad you were in church. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.